Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing home and assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Steve Heisler is the creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center and has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 20 years. You have questions, and Steve Heisler has answers. This is the Injured Senior Podcast. Hello, guys and gals of the Injured Senior Community. I am attorney Stephen Heisler, and I am the founder and CEO of the National Injured Senior Law Center. I'm also the host of this show, the Injured Senior Podcast. I hope everyone is good, pandemic notwithstanding. I don't know if any of you are sports fans, but I really miss baseball right now. I'm a huge Baltimore Oriole fan. And I miss going to the movies. I miss eating out. Hopefully, this is going to end soon. But until then, you'll be able to listen to me on this podcast, the Injured Senior Podcast. So today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Stan Andrzejewski. Stan has been a registered physical therapist for 47 years and a Hatha yoga instructor for 35 years. His yoga center, the Greater Baltimore Yoga Center, was named the best yoga center in the Baltimore area in 2001. Now, before you go reaching for the off button, I urge you to stick around for the next 30 minutes. Let's be honest, seniors and elders, Getting older brings with it a lot of unwanted issues, including tight muscles, stiff joints, plenty of aches and pains. And this is the Injured Senior Podcast, so I don't think I'm going out on a limb here when I say that a lot of our listeners today are most likely recovering from different types of injuries and battling their way back to good health. So, Stan is here to share with our injured senior community ways to improve your health and minimize injuries through movement therapy. Stan, how are you today? Good, good, Steve. Welcome to the show. We should point out to our senior and elderly population listening that I am a student of yours. And I can honestly say that my yoga movement therapy practice has improved tremendously since I've been under your uh, tutelage. So I want to thank you for really helping me out. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today. So you could share your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge, and your expertise with the senior and elderly community. So Stan, Your backstory is that you started out as a neurological physical therapist in 1973. Without getting too technical, what is a neurological physical therapist? Well, what this kind of physical therapy is, is working with people, treating people with neurological issues. So I've worked with uh, children with cerebral palsy and muscular dystrophy, uh, Adults with multiple sclerosis, Parkinson, um, ALS, 
that probably wasn't easy work. No, it is not something that I really do to someone. It is what we call movement therapy, where someone has to realize uh, what's getting in the way in terms of, of their basic skills of posture and movement, and what can they facilitate, what can they work on to improve basically function, you know, balance, the ability to move around with their body. We call it gross motor skills. Okay. And you started that in 1973, back when I was 12. And back when the Baltimore Orioles were relevant, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. Listeners, uh, Stan and I are both rabid uh, Oriole fans, and uh, it's not been good the last couple of years. So, Stan, how the heck did you get involved in yoga? Well, in 1980, I actually uh, went to a conference where I met this guy who was uh, demonstrating Hatha yoga. And he actually knew uh, a person that I lived with in undergraduate school up in Philadelphia. And I just, on a lamb, just decided to take his class. And it was one of a, a life-altering event for me. I fell in love with yoga. And for me, when, when something just feels right intuitively is something that I know that I need to pursue, I do. And I did. And I'm still doing that, you know, here um, after all these years. Well, and you're doing a great job. I told the audience earlier that uh, your studio in uh, early 2000s was the uh, number one rated yoga studio in Baltimore. So kudos to you. So there's a stereotype that yoga is only for people who are double jointed or who have gymnastics experience or who you know, can only put their legs behind their neck. Is that an accurate portrait or portrayal of yoga? Not at all. I mean, that's the kind, there are those kind of yoga poses. And, and frankly, I think they all uh, give yoga a really bad name. I've been teaching, you know, for 35 years or so, and I'm not a spring chicken myself anymore. And even though in my earlier days, I would do some of those crazy poses, I just realized that I didn't want to continue to work that hard to do it. And plus that I hurt myself doing a lot of things. No, yoga is really for everyone. In other words, basic balance issues, relief of pain, that by the way we move, we literally hurt ourselves, perpetuate certain kinds of issues, pains, by the way we stand and sit and move. And people don't even realize that they're actually causing their physical pain by the way they move or don't move. Okay. So... Seniors and elderly individuals, our community, our audience, why should they be interested in doing and performing yoga? Talk to them about what the advantages are to them. Oh, good question. Well, basically to stay independent, to stay out of pain. Because as I just said, we perpetuate our pain. What I found over the years is that all of us you know, I started teaching yoga in my, you know, when I was about 30 and, and now as I'm 70, over these decades, all my students, you know, tend to be in my age category and above. So that I saw that all of us, me included, started to get very sensitive 
to certain kinds of mechanical stress just by basically standing. What is mechanical stress? Well, in other words, gravity, weight bearing, like when you stand, whenever we do anything, there's a a stress where you put pressure on something. So you could say that the mechanical stress is pressure, pressure in the joints. And what we call it today is arthritis. But basically, if you stand without skill, without, you know, efficiency, your joints will start to get arthritic. They wear away. And then you get more sensitive to pain by just standing for a short time in this inefficient way. So there's things to do to relieve it and then ways to stand and walk that won't put that kind of pressure stress in those joints. So that's one thing. The other huge thing is balance. You know, our ability to move around in space, to stay independent, to get up off the floor, to stand up out of a chair, you know, low chairs are really difficult for some people. And then to be able to stand efficiently so that they can walk where they want to be, to be independent. So it's an actual skill that takes people to pay attention and to actually work on it. Okay, and we're going to get back to the balance and the weight bearing that you're talking about, and and it's really interesting stuff. But on your website, you define yoga as movement therapy, and you say that movement therapy trains one's nervous system, conditioning the cardiovascular system, and protects the body from the accumulated mechanical and stresses of aging. So, yoga or movement therapy. Does all of this for seniors and the elderly individual? Yes, it does it for anybody. I mean, training, you know, when athletes train or anyone tries to do something, play piano or anything, they have to keep repeating with quality what they're doing. And then the nervous system starts to get very familiar with that very specific kind of a way quality that we are standing, standing up, playing the piano, whatever that is. So literally training is retraining our nervous system. I mean, we do it all the time. I mean, we can train it into something good or we can do something, you know, and say that we have poor posture. Well, that's a training that we had done unconsciously, certainly, and maybe a compensatory movement of some sort. But it's something when you actually do something and feel something, your brain, we call it plastic. It's very adaptable, malleable. We're trainable. We can teach old dog new tricks all the time. And that's what I do to myself all the time. So I have a history of bad posture. Are you saying that I learned that from a young age? Yes. In other words, what we do is we get familiar with a certain quality of movement and posture. And when something is familiar, we don't pay attention to it. And that's what we call a habit. You know, bad posture, as you were calling it, like, or fallen arches, collapsed feet, are what I call patterns of collapse. And there's patterns of tension that become very familiar because we've done it for a long time. What it is, is that People are not paying attention to actually how they're standing. They don't feel what I call, you know, the body sensation. They don't pay attention to that. 
so that they're just doing, they're going on autopilot, a habit, a bad habit, and then starts hurting themselves. And they say, God, just by standing, it's hurting my back or, or my neck. It's the way they're standing, the mechanical stresses of pressure that they're putting through these joints that are getting more and more sensitive all the time. And it takes decades for that to really become very sensitive to people. So yes, it's learned and it can be unlearned. We have to pay attention to what we're doing that's creating pain. Pain's a great reminder about that we're doing something wrong, but we have to get much more sophisticated about that. And that what happens, like, for example, in balance or getting up off of the floor. We have to pay attention to the sensations our body are telling us all the time. And then we can create the intention, you know, I-N, intention of how to direct the body into being balanced and skillful. There are very specific words and images we can remind ourselves and say to ourselves as we pay attention to this, that is the training, that is movement therapy. Thank you. So the elderly senior population has developed these habits and these postures and weight-bearing issues over years and years and years. Are you saying that when they get to their 60s or 70s, that there's going to be problems. Yeah, most people do, as I see it, at least my students are. The idea of um, being able to start at any time to head in the right direction. You know, I like to think of it as uh, we're either heading in the wrong direction or we're heading in the right direction. I mean, we can lament we didn't start earlier, that we created, you know, this this thing called arthritis. But we can actually work on our independence and our confidence in moving and have ways to relieve the pains that may happen. You know, notoriously, we are all very stiff when we wake up in the morning. There are very simple, basic things we can do to loosen ourselves up other than taking a shower and starting to move a bit that before we even get to that. Uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. You have described very eloquently the learned behaviors that lead up to the issues that uh, seniors and elderly individuals experience at an older age, at their age. Can yoga or movement therapy also help people who have gotten hurt or have experienced injuries that causes them to have all different types of aches and pains? Yeah. So whenever someone is injured, you know, it's a, it's a sudden, very acute assault on their physical body and every other aspect of them as well. And there's recovery. There is the ability, you know, our bones will mend and our bruises will uh, resolve, but our movements become compensatory because we're learning a way to avoid something when, when it's an acute situation. So we have to unlearn that. And then we have to go from, you know, sometimes it, it's very necessary to be immobile in something or, or be able to have to rest a lot, but they have consequences as well. So we're always trying to move in the right direction, but the art is to do it gently, gradually, and precisely enough that we don't re-injure ourselves or, you know, cause other kinds of issues. We can be way too aggressive and for, for the most part, most yoga classes are way too aggressive, especially for seniors. 
And we need to slow it down, be very gradual and very attentive to exactly what they're doing in each moment, including how they're breathing. Okay, so let's first start with the senior or elder who has this learned behavior of just standing in a certain way or slumping over when they sit. What are some very simple exercises or movements that they can do that can help them to not experience the achiness and the pain? Yeah. Well, when I first wake up and, you know, I have a vulnerable low back, I think it's a sort of a rite of passage is aging, you know, that we all have sensitive uh, low back spine, pelvis, hip socket areas. And it's kind of a, a, a package deal of sorts. But one of the things that they can do when they wake up stiff and maybe in pain a bit is as they're lying on their back, bring their knees to chest and just gently exhale as they pull with their hands their legs, their shins into them to press their low back into the mattress. And then what I I recommend, I do this myself as well, is I sit up on the side of the bed and I lean over. In other words, you spread your legs wide with your feet, you know, well uh, established on the floor and you simply bend over. Some people have to be really gradual about that and just lean forward and put their elbows on their knees. But if they can, they just slowly, gradually is the key lean and try to bring their hands closer to the floor, dropping their head, just leaning into that direction. And then that would relieve some of the stiffness. But then the problem that caused all of this in the first place is the way they stand when you're straight and extended. So then the ability or the skill of standing up from this bent forward position is crucial. So slowly, what they have to do is come uh, head last, belly first, you know, when they put the weight in their legs, their feet, I ask people to lift their toes, it activates, wakes up their feet, their arches to start to be able to feel the floor, and then they stand up belly first, and they're still keeping their chin tucked. They may have to walk their hands up their legs or press into a, you know, a nightstand or something because that helps the belly. And then finally, after they're still lifting their toes, working their legs, t- taking their belly back, I ask them to lift their heart, their chest. And at the last moment, if that's all working really well enough, finally their head. So they slowly stand up. Yeah, so they've already spread out their legs sitting on the bed yep. and reach forward. So that helps loosen up the back. Yes. And then they need to make sure their feet are pressed against the floor. And then you want them to raise their toes. Yeah, to activate their feet and their legs to be able to you know, carry their weight. So we're bipeds. We're supposed to use our legs. Most people forget about their legs and they just sort of shuffle along. But that's that's the foundation of all of our balance of everything that we have to do is our legs. And so to wake up our legs, to turn them on instead of that old bad habit of collapsed arches or grippy toes or locked knees, we lift the toes just to activate them. That doesn't do anything in its own right. It's what is the following of being able to balance ourselves, steady ourselves, connect our legs, our feet, of course, to the floor. And most people just stand up, they just press down into the floor. 
Now they collapse. They just collapse. And all the joints above just collapse into those pressing. I mean, you see people walk sometimes and you see that they collapse much more on one side and that shoulder just collapses. Every step they take, they're injuring themselves. Well, they haven't gotten off the bed yet. I'm still trying to get them off the bed. <laughs> if they're getting off the bed, yeah, you're saying that they should be leading with their belly? Yeah. In other words, once their legs are active, lifting their toes, they most people stand up head first. They look and they try to see where they're about to go. What I recommend is no, tuck your chin, drop your head. Don't pick up your head. See, as soon as you pick up your head, you're contracting the muscles in your lower back. And that's going to create that kind of pressure in the joints of the back. What you have to do is work your abdomen, your belly, to work the other side of that part of the trunk so that you don't compress those joints. So we lead with the belly. Yes, stand yourself up from the work of the legs into the lift of the belly and the head's the very last thing. You stand up and usually it's first. Wouldn't this cause a problem if they're standing up but they have a weight-bearing problem to begin with? Well, yes, that's a, a, the great question because see what, what I look at is that movement therapy means that in, in everyone's sensitivities or vulnerabilities, there are certain positions and movements that are relieving. So for example, with people with low back joint problems, bending forward, knees to chest is relieving. What I call it is when they extend or stand up straight, when their bones and their joints, everything is straight, like standing up tall, you're in what I call a provocative position, meaning that you can either provoke yourself into joint pressure and pain. So yes, if they stand up poorly or without a skill, paying attention to their legs and their belly, and then the other huge thing I, I tell people to do when they first stand up is stand light and tall. Stand light and tall as they press their feet into the floor with their belly back, stand light and tall. So it relieves or lessens the pressure in those sensitive joints of the lower back. So if they can do that well enough and they're not as sensitive, they won't have pain in their back from the act of standing, which is the cause of the pain. So if people are really sensitized, we have to be much more gradual about it. They do it for short periods of time. And that's where, you know, yoga, you know, private classes come in to sort of direct people into how to approach that in a gradual and gentle but attentive enough way to be able to interpret if they're doing something good for themselves or injurious for themselves, you know, creating more injury. Okay, so yoga movement therapy is going to help seniors and elderly individuals be able to get out of bed without falling and be able to get out of bed without having a lot of achiness and pain and whatever if they do some of the exercises that you were talking about, correct? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the senior or elderly individual, and you alluded to this a little earlier, uh, who has experiences chronic low back pain and can come from a myriad, a lot of different ways that that happens. But what's an exercise? I think you talked about taking when you're laying in bed is pulling your, your legs into your chest. What's another exercise that they could utilize or they could do that could maybe help them with the low back pain? 
Well, there are variations of that knees to chest. What I like to call is flexion, which is bending. Flexion is your friend. It's a relieving position. So from knees to chest, some people can, from all fours, rock back. We call it child's pose, where they just sort of settle down their butt back towards their feet. Some people's knees aren't going to let them do that. So another great one is to lay down on your back and prop your legs way up, like put a you know, if you can get down on the floor, you would prop your, your calves up on a coffee table or a seat of a chair or up the wall. If you can't get on the floor, you would put something higher, uh, like a chair on, on your couch or something to raise your legs up, to bend your hips. Wait, are you laying, are you laying on the floor and you're just, you're raising? On your back, yes. Right, on your back. And let's say that it, some people can put it up the wall if they get up against the wall, but then other people yep. might only be able to do it with a kitchen table or, or a couch, right? Right. Or if they're in bed, turn around and put your legs up the headboard, you know, that kind of thing. I or, like it. Know, I like you know, it. That kind of thing. The floor is great. It's firm and it's really relieving to low back pain. And a lot of people are very fearful about, they can get down on the floor, but getting up, it's an actually, it's a skill. And again, it's using your belly it's using your legs, not leading with your head, getting your legs underneath you. It's something that can be taught to people that have, you know, inefficiencies, weaknesses, pain, fears that they're going to hurt themselves if they do that. So I feel very strongly about people maintaining the ability to stand up off of the floor. Okay. What about senior or elderly individuals who have rotator cuff or shoulder injuries, they have problems lifting their arm or just mobility with their extremity, what, what would you recommend for those individuals? Yeah, well, it's, it, shoulders and neck are one of the more difficult things to work with with anybody because if you think about it, it's, if you think of movement like to look up or raise your arm over your head, it's the end of a chain of events that started with your feet on the floor standing or your sit bones on a chair sitting, and then you move. So to be able to move your head, neck, your arm, your shoulder well, you need a great foundation, the foundation of your spine, the foundation of your pelvis if you're sitting, the foundation of your legs pressing into the floor if you're standing, because if that's all dull and collapsed, there's no foundation for you then to move your arm, and that's where rotator cuff problems come into play. Okay, and we're, and we're running short on time, Stan, so, so let's give them a, a rotator cuff or a shoulder exercise that they could do that they can take with them away from this program. It's so complicated, Steve. The thing that I guess I would recommend is for them to not raise their arm overhead, but rather when they stand or sit, try to work on the foundation of lifting their heart, their collarbones, their chest up, and turning their arms, their palms out to the sides to help arch their upper back. One of the really important things, and a lot of seniors have a lot of rounded upper backs, is to get more backbend or extension in the upper back. The problem is people have no extension in their thoracic, their upper back spine, but way too much in their neck and low back. And that's where all the problems come. So we get more arch in the upper back by lifting their chest, turning their hands out to the side as they're by their sides, 
that will help them get a little more arch in the upper back. You know, you just have to be careful that that doesn't create more arch in the neck and the lower back. And so that's why I'm saying it's really complicated to do a shoulder thing. Okay. Well, could people, if they have shoulder issues or want to look for exercises or get more information about that, they can go online and they can probably go on to any of the yoga sites and, and get videos of some exercises they could do, right? To be honest with you, Steve, no, I don't think that's appropriate at all because most people, if they have a video, don't know what they're doing right or wrong. And actually, I don't even believe that that something as subtle as a shoulder or neck injury can be handled in a group situation in a class. I think it needs to be, you know, my foundation is a physical therapist. I work one-on-one with people. You know, to be able to have uh, someone in front of me to tell them, oh, that's good. That's, oh, that's not good. That's good. You know, that kind of thing as they're doing it. Because, you know, you think you might be doing something right and you say, this isn't working. It's still hurting. It's because you're not doing it skillfully, precisely, attentively. And that's where you need, you know, someone to watch you like a hawk so that you move well, especially people that are quite acute and sensitive. They have so little margin of error. You know, if you're healthy, you can make all the mistakes and not pay for it as someone that has pain that would look for some kind of therapy, you know, for a musculoskeletal pain. Got it. Good information. Quickly, how about someone who's had a knee replacement or hip replacement? Oh, good. I have a lot of people like that. Okay. Can you give us a quick exercise or quick tip on what they can do? Lift your toes. <laughs> so activate We're back your to legs. Lifting the toes. Okay, that's yeah, good. Pressing your heels, the four corners of the feet into the floor, lifting your toes will support your knee and your hip instead of collapsing into it and putting all the torques and rotations and twists and stress that got you into trouble in the first place. Just because you had something replaced, you know, if you don't change your movements, your habits of pattern, it's going to start messing with the joint right above or below it. Okay. So you're saying that they, they need to be standing and to help with their rehabilitation with the knee replacement or hip replacement by standing and lifting their toes, that's going to help them ultimately with uh, getting better for the hip uh, or, the, or, the, or the knee? Yes. Great, great, great. Stan, I can't believe it, but our 30 minutes has flown. Wow, it did fly. Listen, one more just short, quick tip in general for our audience as far as an exercise or something they can do that can make them healthier and a little more flexible, just quickly. Well, just quickly, we haven't mentioned all the breath. Pay attention to your breathing. Breathe through your nose, in breath and out breath through the nose and feel the gentle movement sensations that you make in your belly ribs or in your nostrils, pay attention to your breath. That I think is critical for you to be able to pay attention to the body sensations is to pay attention to your body, not just, you know, the emotions and thoughts that we have, but to the sensations of your body that you have to train yourself to do that too, because we're so in our heads, we're so in our thoughts and emotions We need to balance that out with paying attention. And the breath is something that's always there. You're always breathing. And so there's always sensation. It's very subtle, 
Sometimes you got to close your eyes and quiet things down, everyone, before you can feel your inhalation and your exhalation. That's great. That is great. I love doing deep breathing. And not only does it help me with my physical health, but it also helps me with my emotional health. Yeah, even gentle breathing. You know, both of them are great. Yeah. Super information, Stan. Thank you so much for coming on. And there's so much more that we have to talk about and can delve deeper into. And we're going to do that on future shows because we're going to have you back. If there's anybody out there listening that might want to contact you, maybe email you or go to your website and see more information about yoga or movement therapy, can you give them your contact information? Sure. My website is marylandyoga.com. Maryland spelled out, marylandyoga.com. And my email is stan at marylandyoga.com. That's the best way. Awesome. Awesome. And I highly recommend it because Stan is very passionate about movement therapy and yoga. And he is also very, very generous with his time. So Uh, I would definitely recommend that you get in touch with them if you have any questions. So that's it for now, guys and gals. If you have a topic that you think would be of interest to our injured senior and elderly community and you'd like me to do a show on it, let me know. Email me at info at injuredseniorhotline.com. And you can also email me if you have a potential case or something that you'd like to talk about legally. Also, if you like the content that we discussed today in this episode, please head over to the show notes where you will find a summary of today's show and any important links we mention in this episode, including Stan's website and email address. Always feel free to reach out to me about your own story as an injured senior or elder. Again, at info at injuredseniorhotline.com. Thanks again for listening to today's show. Be sure to tune in to next week's show. Talk to you soon. Take care now. Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast with Steve H. Heisler. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more or to get help anytime, go to InjuredSeniorHotline.com or call 855 622 6530. We'll see you next time.